the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The Big Silence. Hello and welcome to The Big Silence Podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours. And we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go. Mental health is my wealth. The stress upon the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seek and ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence. Hello and welcome back. It's Karina Dawn. It's the Big Silence Podcast. Thank you so much. Again, for joining me this Wednesday and every Wednesday, we have a new episode. So today's guest is Carrie Song. She was in Austin and visited in real life at the Big Silence Studio. We had a wonderful conversation. I was most impressed with Carrie's ability to shift, um, mostly in career. And we talk about how she went from Princeton University and worked in the finance world. And then she had the shift with the goal of working in social impact. From there, she worked with Tony Robbins for five years as a content strategist and then became his executive producer uh, for the Tony Robbins podcast. How cool is that? And then going back to social impact, Carrie has been a longtime proponent for animal welfare and combined that with her attending culinary school in Italy, she became an entrepreneur and took that leap that can be so scary. She created and founded Abbott's Butcher, and it's where she brings plants to plant-based meat. And we'll talk about the story of what we mean by that in the podcast. So you ask, how did she do all this? Well, listen here. And of course, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and enjoy. Much love. Carrie Song, welcome to the Big Silence Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I know, and you're out here in Austin. Quick trip turnaround because you had an event with one of your partners at Whole Foods. Yeah, we were uh, fortunate enough to be named one of the suppliers of the year. So it was a really amazing honor to be that. Um, and we had the event and the celebration last night and got to meet with all of the executive leaders and get to spend a lot of time with our fire. So that time is really invaluable. Yeah, that's really important to have that time with them. And for those of you that don't know, Whole Foods was founded in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. So um, perfect place to be. And that's a huge accomplishment because you founded Abbott's Butcher in 2016. Mm -hmm. And 
before we get to that, because number one, my husband always, when I make Abbott's Butcher for him, he's like, yes. And he actually thought, I didn't tell him until after that it was vegetarian. Oh, amazing. (laughs) He's like, that was the best chicken. I was like, it wasn't chicken. (laughs) So I want to talk, because I think it's so interesting with you, because you had this shift in your career Mm -hmm. from going to Princeton and working in finance. Let's talk about that and how you got there and then this flow to where you are now. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, back in college, gosh, it was a while ago, but I had started wanting to be uh, a physician. So going down the pre-med route, taking all of the prerequisite classes, but I spent a summer in Tanzania, in Arusha, um, doing ground level HIV AIDS awareness campaigns and just was exposed to a lot with, um, there was a 20% infection rate where I was and just dealing with so many of the patients. I just was constantly heartbroken and I just think I quickly realized this is not the path I want to go down. Maybe I wanted to do more social work. So made a shift, um, came back and changed majors so many different times, but ultimately landed on economics thinking, I could go do a lot more from maybe like the IMF side to create social change. Graduated with a degree in economics and, you know, a lot of people were taking jobs in corporate finance and you get these big signing bonuses. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when you're broke, college student. You're like, okay. Yeah. Let me be the slave to this. You know, Bobby, who you just met, mm-hmm. he was in finance too and worked mm-hmm. on Wall Street and then he was like, yeah. Yeah. It just, it's a very certain lifestyle and yeah. it's not for me. So worked a couple years there as an analyst, crazy hours. I mean, seven in the morning to 11 at night, um, weekends. Yeah. It is a crazy life, but shout out to those who do it because we need you. <laughs> we need it. So, but yeah, it is. Um, but to be able to make that shift, um, what was the next step? Because I know you worked with Tony Robbins for five years. Yeah, sort of. Oh, I took another job in San Francisco doing more finance work, um, but then just realized I have no idea what I want to do. Sort of bumwe- bought a one-way ticket to Europe and traveled around for quite a while and landed in Bologna where I went to cooking school and just really learned a lot about crafting depths of flavor from wholesome ingredients and just sort of fell in love with food too. So that was just say you were trying to have a new experience kind of on vacation. You thought you enjoyed cooking. So you decided to take the classes. Yeah. And you know, since freshman year, I had never taken any time off. I was working every summer doing classes. There was always something. This was the first time I just got to be free and really just kind of live moment by moment and figure out what I wanted to do. And so I eventually came back and got back into writing and was doing a lot of like random copy work, work for an art company, and then ended up getting a job writing copy. And then that segued into content and brand production and working with Tony Robbins on his podcast. And so I worked there for five years for him. What was the biggest takeaway? Because I know um, you mentioned that it was resiliency, persistence, and mental fitness is what you learned from Tony. Absolutely. Can you explain that? Yeah, he walks the walk. He doesn't just preach it. 
it was really incredible to be able to go to all of his events, dive deep into his teachings, and just learn about the importance of your mental state, regardless of what comes your way. I took a lot from that job, but was ultimately just able to apply it to what I wanted to do with with building habits. So let's talk about mental fitness some more, since you obviously have learned from one of the best in that. Just dive deeper a little bit into what that really is. Yeah. Well, for me, the one of the most interesting angles was um, the correlation between gut health and mental health. And in 2010, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder and got really, really sick for a number of years, like in and out of hospitals, getting an infusion medication every eight weeks, just totally different person. What were the signs to even know that you had an autoimmune disease? A lot of GI issues, um, extreme fatigue, just constantly sick. It was ulcerative colitis and getting that diagnosis. And then they tried to put me on so many different medications. None of them worked. Um, I had even really serious side effects from some of them, including pericarditis. And eventually they put me on this uh, infusion medication that suppressed my immune system and turned a cold would become a flu. You know, I lost 30 pounds, lost my hair, just really struggled. And so diving into research and realizing, wow, there's this profound connection between um, gut health and your immune system. And then working for Tony and being able to explore that and encouraged to explore that on a really deeper level, writing about it, finding podcast guests that would be able to speak about it. It was really amazing to have that opportunity. Yeah. So then you take that shift from Tony. You're going through this, your, your own health. Mm-hmm. And then how do you make the shift to what you're doing now? Because that was the next step with Abbott's. Yeah. I think the more I realized about the implications of gut health, just for your immune system, for your mental health, so many different aspects of it, and looking at what I was eating and Yes, there's so many different factors that contribute to gut health, but food is critical. That's something you're putting in your body every day. And you are already vegetarian or vegan. Yeah. But let's talk about the difference of how you can be vegetarian and plant-based, but maybe not eating the right foods for your gut. Totally. And that was me. I mean, I was someone who thought I was healthy. So, you know, I didn't eat meat. I didn't eat dairy, et cetera. And... It really was a decision primarily driven by animal welfare and sustainability. Health was just an afterthought because I did think I was healthy. But the more I learned about the importance of gut health and I started reading ingredient labels, first of all, I could barely pronounce half the ingredients in these things. That's why in our, we have a plant, tone it up, it's plant-based protein and you can read every ingredient. Yes. That was so important with us when we were formulating that. Critical. And, you know, then researching some of these ingredients, like what is what is soy isolate? How is soy isolate made? Methylcellulose, maltodextrin, yeast extract. There's so many ingredients plus inflammatory oils, gums, emulsifiers. And I'm like, wow, eating these things. I am putting chemicals into my body every single day that are fostering the growth of bad bacteria and making it really impossible for me to ever take back control over my health. And so... I'm like, there needs to be plant-based proteins that have the taste and texture that we're all craving, but mm-hmm. are also made with wholesome ingredients that we can actually trust. 
That's why I love, like earlier I said that Bobby had, um, what was the meal? It was a tahini chicken. Some, it was whatever the mm-hmm. recipe is. We're going to put a link <laughs> in show notes on where to get all the recipes. But, and he thought it was chicken because I, I do love the texture of meat. Totally. And yeah. so um, we've done a good job of that. But I see this journey from going, because you've, you had social impact while you were in college and then you went through your finance stage and then you got back to social impact probably by working with Tony and then now what you're doing and you're having a social impact now. And what would you say uh, to someone who it wants to shift their career? That's a huge career shift yeah. from what you thought you were going to do to what you're doing now. And now you're the CEO of your your own company that, and you're an entrepreneur now. Yeah, it's a good question because it's such a nonlinear path to where I am now, but all of those facets I do think still play a role in what I do. So, I mean, I would just say constantly ask yourself, what's your why? And I know that sounds very trite, but it really, it is so difficult starting from scratch, whether you're going to be an entrepreneur or start down a completely new career path. You just want to be driven by something other than, you know, the salary, what you think the job title is, what you think you want to do. I mean, it's really asking your question, like, what's going to really move you and keep you in the game when the tough times hit? Yeah, I think that's important when you're talking about wanting to work in social impact with Tone It Up, with Big Silence. It's never been about the money. It's like, how can I provide a service? How can I help? How can I make humanity better? And so you really have to have that drive in you because you never, you don't know where it's going to go. You just do to do better. Yeah. And that's the beauty. I mean, everybody has their own why. And so it makes for such, you know, diverse range of different career paths and entrepreneurial endeavors. Yeah. Okay. So Abbott's Butcher, you're here. Number one, where'd you get the name? When I started the company, um, I was living on a street called, you probably know it, Abbott, Abbott Kinney. Kinney. Yes. <laughs> this is a very Abbott Kinney brand. Yes. <laughs> and a well-known street in Venice. And, and you're at the farmer's market, at the Abbott Kinney farmer's market. We were at so many different <laughs> farmer's markets just around, yeah, Southern California. But it was really this idea that we wanted to bring craftsmanship to the category. And that's where the butcher part came from. Um, And then we also, the Abbott part is in honor of Abbott Kinney, who was a conservationist um, in Santa Monica a long time ago. And so it's kind of putting those two together. When you were at the farmer's market, were you making the food at home and then bringing it? At a commercial kitchen. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, which was a whole new world to me. I just remember the first time I went there, my husband came with me you know, I had no idea what commercial kitchen etiquette was and, you know, the cleanup, the takedown, everything you're supposed to wear, do, et cetera. So. But you learned it. Yeah. It's okay. I wouldn't know either. (laughs) I'd show up and I'd be a total mess and have no etiquette. So, okay. You're at the farmer's market. And so what is it about the ingredients that you can share that were so much more special than other vegetarian, vegan ingredients out there? Yeah, well, I'll say the very first iterations, um, I look back and um, they're terrible. 
Um, I mean, they were like walnuts and lentils based and, you know, farmer's market was a great place to experiment and to get immediate customer feedback. And I'll say the products have gone under so many iterations, but the one thing that is held constant is a commitment to quality. And so our products are all based with vegetables, like real vegetables, pea protein, herbs, spices. We layer flavors on top of each other to get that complexity of flavor and no natural flavors and um, extra virgin olive oil. So no inflammatory love companies use canola or vegetable yeah. seed oils um, and vinegars. So there's literally not a single ingredient that you couldn't go find at your local Whole Foods. So now that you have shifted your diet to what you, what you actually preach, how is your autoimmune disease? So I was able to completely go off of medication after five years and go into a complete remission. And so I credit a massive amount of that to my diet and shifts. Um, you know, there's a lot of other factors, like I said, that can uh, contribute. Yeah, but but to are there out. other changes that you made in your lifestyle? Yeah. Or? I mean, sleep. That's one thing I'm still working on. Well, you have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but stress, um, stress management you know, just incorporating different like meditative practices and wellness practices into my life and just household cleaners, makeup brands, like everything that makes difference. But food is something you're literally putting inside your body every single day. And I really, truly believe every choice. I'm like, think about my gut, the gut bacteria. Am I helping it or am I hurting it? Yeah. I know. What are some of your, because I know people are going to be like, makeup. What do, what do you suggest for clean makeup? I honestly love the Ilia brand. Yeah. I have some. Yeah. Yeah. And Say. I don't know if I'm How do you spell right. that? S-A-I-E. Yeah. It's another clean beauty brand. I think like Sephora has it. But, yeah. Um, Kosas. Mm-hmm. Um, those are probably the three that I mostly use. Yeah. And then what about, I'm asking for myself, what about lotions? <laughs> <laughs> I Bye. use a um, couple brands, um, Biosense okay. and Osea. Oh, Which Osea. You know, yeah. yeah. started in Malibu. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm so interested in this because founded in 2016, you in a commercial kitchen at a farmer's market. So how did it just start picking up? Because yeah. I, I was telling you, I, I was in a little market here in Austin riding my bike and went in and there was nothing healthy to get. And then I was like, oh, I have a butcher. Yes. So I grabbed, it was just the the chicken. And uh, then I went to the other aisle and there was this like organic teriyaki sauce. So I just packed oh, nice. that in my backpack and came home and made a little chicken teriyaki. That's the beauty of that product is yeah. literally all you have to do is cook it up and pair it with a healthy sauce and yeah. that's dinner and put yeah. it with vegetables. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. I never really set out to be an entrepreneur and the farmer's market just felt like the right first step. I was never immediately thinking I want to build a super big company and get venture funding. It wasn't like that. It happened very organically, but I think the, I spent two years at farmers markets, yeah. iterating on products, getting to know the customers, what they wanted before we even made it to retail and like growing a local production team. We were still self-manufacturing. I f it's actually funny to use the word manufacturing because we were just making it ourselves in this commercial kitchen. Yeah. I don't call it manufacturing. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the very first retailer we got into was Mother's Market. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Local. In California. Yes. Yeah. Natural chain. Yeah. In Southern California. 
and having no idea what I was doing and that this is probably weird to show up at the corporate office. But you just showed up? Just showed up, asked <laughs> hey. to speak with the buyer. <laughs> the worst, if you just go for it, the worst could happen is they say no. Exactly. And said, can I bring you lunch? Can I cater your lunch one day? Because no one's going to turn down a free lunch. Um, and did that. They all tasted it, loved it, and brought it in. That was our first retailer. And then started expanding to places like Erwan, um, a lot of other natural retailers. And then we were large enough to get distribution. But I was distributing myself. Um, didn't realize how crazy that was. Literally driving around with a cooler, like pulling up next to semi-trucks in my car and distributing. But that was my weekends for a really long time. Where did you get that confidence that you could do that? I honestly don't even know if it's confidence or just naivety and not knowing that that's not how it's done. <laughs> no, I mean, I so I've done some of that. Like in the beginning of Tone It Up, I, Kat and I would like, reach out to editors of magazines and be like, we're going to be in New York. We're like, oh, we really had no plan. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, we're there for meetings. And they're like, okay, fine. You can come into like Women's Health herself. And we're still friends with all those editors today. And we're like, we really had no plan. We just said, yeah. we're going to be, be in your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. It's a good, yeah. You just, you it's go for tactic. it. Yeah. yeah. You just, you just go for it. Because again, the worst thing that can happen 100%. is no. You just have to be scrappy and, yeah. you know, do things that don't scale. Yeah. So, no, that's a great. That's how most entrepreneurs go. You just, you ha you can't be afraid. Mm -mm. And you ha you believe in your product. You want to get it out there. And you were saying, you know, you have no intention or had no intention of any venture capital or raising or anything. But, and even same here, we we're just making women work out because we enjoyed it and wanted yeah. to share the message and create a community. And, you know, but then business starts to grow. Yeah. What was the next transition for you from farmer's markets and being your own distributor to? <laughs> yeah, we, um, I applied to a program run by actually a VC firm called SOSV called FoodX. It was an incubator program in New York. And, you know, this time I'm still working full-time for Tony. So this is okay. something I was doing nights and then weekends. Yeah, and using, yes, exactly. And using anything I earned, putting it right into the business. And then once we got into Food X, which it was called, um, I went part-time with Tony because that was the only time. And I literally commuted to New York for three days a week and then would fly back. Um, so it was really rough for a few months, um, you know, just sleeping on planes, going back and forth to be able to work and then go back to be part of the program. Um, but that program got me thinking a lot about how to create a scalable business. And part of that was also meeting with a lot of venture capitalists and learning how I could finance this company. And I met a really incredible VC who is now one of our largest partners. They were Back then they were called New Crop and now they're called Unovis. Um, but they were big in plant-based foods, um, had backed a lot of big brands and started to get to know them. And developed a relationship so I could really understand, you know, what they look for, how they like to partner with brands, how they like to support the brands. And it was probably over a year before we raised our seed round and then raised that seed round of venture capital and used that to go commercialize the product at a co-manufacturer and start to build the team and turn this thing into a real business. Did you ever struggle with scaling but keeping your quality? Yes. You know, it's funny because when you use a lot of the chemicals, 
it's a lot easier to scale because you have a lot of controls in place. Like when you're using different preservatives or different gums or certain acids, it's easier to scale because you can really dial in. But when you're using real food, all sorts of things can go wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, and still today we we have challenges that we're constantly, you know, working through. Yeah. I know. I mean, obviously from experience, we it, it's really hard because you want to keep that quality. And and especially for your consumer, it's really important because um, you you have promised them a value and you have to keep that. So how do you listen to your consumer and what they want and whether it's, you know, marketing to, and I don't know, listening to them, what are your tips on that to market, but also feel like everyone's being heard? Totally. That's actually like one of my favorite parts of the job is actually getting to connect with the customers and learn their stories, like why they choose Abbott's or things they wish were different. I will say we believe from like a taste and texture standpoint, we believe in constant never-ending improvement. Yeah, It's always challenging for our ops team because they're like, please just <laughs> let's stay with something for a while. But I'm always making subtle tweaks um, or there's always new SOPs we're putting in place. Um, but, you know, we're, there's a couple products I'm very happy with, but I'm always like, things can always be better. Like, how do we constantly improve and give the customer even more of what they want? Um, and then, you know, like the negative is even more valuable than the positive a lot of times because it shows you, if you see a pattern somewhere, it shows you really where you need to like hunker down and focus on to improve. Yeah. Um, but customer feedback, learning like who this customer is, how you fit into their lives, why you matter to them, that's everything. Because you'll learn where should I market? Where do I find more of these customers? And then how do I constantly deliver them more value than anybody else? So you, from what I could tell, have become a marketing expert and are able to listen, but you went to school for finance. I mean, I I am a two-time college dropout, <laughs> but, you know, was, you know, became an entrepreneur. And I believe that, you know, you can do anything. So where did you get your, um, your oomph for marketing now and being an entrepreneur? That's a good question. I, you know, I think being working at Tony again, yeah. you know, because yeah. I was in the marketing department there um, and just, it was such a steep learning curve. And there was, again, just so much opportunity for as big of a company as it was. It still operated very much like a startup where, you know, we're like, hey, let's go launch a podcast. Let's, you know, expand the blog. Let's do this sort of you know, lead generation project. So there were so many different projects we were constantly working on and had just so much creative freedom to experiment and see what worked and what didn't. I think I was just exposed to so much at once. And one of the Tony uh, things that Tony really teaches is the importance of your customer, knowing yeah. not just demographics, age, location, gender, preference. It's really understanding the psychographic and understanding their why what is their biggest fear? What gets them out of bed in the morning? Mm -hmm. um, really how you can create a product or service that fits into their lives and then learn how to connect with them on an emotional level and how to turn any you know customer into a raving fan customer because that's what's going to get you loyalty. And like an amazing customer, that is your best sales or marketer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so how did you get a job with Tony Robbins? Because <laughs> can I get an internship or something? <laughs> you know, one of my best friends from college was their head of editorial. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how did she get that job? <laughs> she 
gosh, I mean, she, when she graduated, I know she lived all around the world as a teacher. She did the Teach for America program. No, it was a Princeton in Asia program. And so she was teaching a lot of different schools and then became a professor. And I actually lived with her when I was in Bologna. And she was writing books and teaching Italian. And she then got into content and was working for a number of agency. She's then started her own agency and then eventually was recruited to work for Tony. No, that's awesome. I know in March, 2020, I was supposed to go to an event and had like, and go walk on the rocks and backstage. Mm -hmm. But then we know what happened in March, 2020. That got canceled. (laughs) Okay. So now you are, you have your VC, you're in, you're producing in a factory factory or whatever you want to call it. Uh, So now what, how are you growing here? And how are you, how is, because I feel like you're everywhere. Like I said, we, we actually started in food service and food service mean like restaurants. We, so while I was still maintaining like local retail production, we were producing at scale for restaurants and CNU, which college and university or hospitality. And that was part of the business model that we had created with our VCs. And we partnered with a company, a restaurant chain called Tender Greens. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful chain. And we were their first plant-based meat. And we did that program. And we, you know, were lining up distribution, had a lot more accounts coming online, um, some really beautiful hotels using the product. And then the pandemic hit. And distributors went into liquidation mode. You know, we had to completely pivot. And so we went from manufacturing a food service uh, to pivoting to retail. And at that time, that's when Whole Foods reached out. And um, a local, head of local, her name is Monica, um, she's no longer with Whole Foods, but she was a very instrumental part of us becoming part of the um, their set. She reached out and um, introduced us to their head of, their global buyer. Um, his name was Parker. He actually lives here in Austin. And uh, they launched us in August. So we had six months to turn around manufacturing to start producing at scale retail product for Whole Foods Soap Pack. And so that's when we first partnered with them. So with Whole Foods, typically you have to, you have to start in like one region. Mm-hmm. Where you, how many stores were the first? 60. 60. You just yeah. went into 60? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. They loved you. <laughs> <laughs> We started like in Southern California and then expanded, but that's, yeah. Yeah. That says a lot for your product. Oh, well, it was, it was really exciting. Um, yeah. And so we, we started there in August during the pandemic and then started really growing through retail and focusing on natural. So Whole Foods region started to expand over the years um, and then going into Sprouts, Natural Grocer, Fresh Time, Fresh Market. Central markets here, a lot of the natural channel, and then um, eventually launched into Target. And so, mm, wow, congrats! Yeah. yeah, and that was our first move into more of a conventional or mainstream mm-hmm. retailer. And we've had an amazing experience there, and have then just been growing and launching new SKUs. So it started with our chorizo, and then it moved to our chicken, and then we just launched our ground beef. What's your favorite one? What's your favorite like recipe or product? You know, it's funny it. Depends on the week. It'll change. There's certain, like, the ground beef is a staple. I mean, I use it for tacos or, um, like, in a marinara to create a bolognese sauce weekly. 
the chorizo has so much flavor. And so I'll cook some up at the beginning of the week and keep it chilled because I throw it. I eat Saqqara salads for mm-hmm. lunch or else yeah. I'm like I wouldn't eat because it's yeah. just too busy. And I then throw that on for extra protein. Yeah. And then the That's chicken perfect. yeah, is actually probably my my husband's favorite because it's just super easy to cook up and throw with a bunch of vegetables and toss with the sauce. You should do a partnership with Saqqara because I always – I love them, but – I always want the pro like more yes. in it, you know. Yeah. So that's a perfect idea. Yeah. But it's a good compliment to this app. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So now I assume you're not walking up to headquarters anymore on your own <laughs> or driving up and knocking on a door. Your team has grown. How is that to go from you just boots on the ground to starting to hire and grow? Yeah. I mean, it's been over the years, just finding the right team members. I mean, we hire on three pillars. Patrick Lencioni is hungry, humble, smart. And so that's something we look for in all of our team members. And, you know, we take our time. We definitely hire slowly and thoughtfully because our team is very lean and we all work very collaboratively. But everybody on our team, we look at as an entrepreneur. There's a lot of hustle. There's a lot of like rolling up your sleeves and doing like the hard day-to-day work, but also needing to see the more strategic big picture. But it's been incredible. I think I could not do this without having the right team. And our team is, I mean, they're like extended family. They're amazing. Yeah. Are you guys in an office now? Yeah. 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 So um, I think this is our third office. I think our first office was like one room. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My first office is my dining room table in an apartment in Hermosa Beach. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, with the pandemic, we ended up closing our office. And so there was a lot of shift and then hiring all over the country. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of really shifted um, in that way. But yeah, I do kind of miss that, that office atmosphere. Yeah, it's nice. And actually what we did, um, just it's been like six months, we found a really large warehouse and we actually split it down the center. It has a huge kitchen, huge conference rooms, a lot of open space, desks everywhere, but with my husband's company. So it's nice for us to both be there. The idea was first, let's create a nursery here so we can always be at work and, you know, have the baby here. That that quickly changed. <laughs> You're like, never mind. <laughs> and we'll not get any work done. So um, but it is nice to be able to yeah. have his company there and yeah. ours too. That is nice. And he has a very sustainable company and purpose-driven, um, impact-driven company too. So it's a perfect collab space. Well, we actually you. work with them. So okay. it's yeah. called Replenish with a Y, but they recover. So however many pounds of uh, plastic that we put out, we work with them and they will go recover that same amount of plastic that would not... Um, have been recycled otherwise so that we can at least be a little more plastic neutral. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, and so where do you see the future of Abbott's Butcher? Are you just, I mean, for me with Tone Up, we were just like, we wanted to build community and make impact and improve people's lives. And then it just, it grows. And are you like, what is your future? Are you ready? Yeah, I believe so fervently in the power of good food and not just about like tasting amazing, but like the power to heal and transform your body. Over 50% of Americans have a chronic illness. There's so many people that struggle, like even 
as something as common as like IBS or just like digestive issues. So many people have that. And I've seen the power of food to completely heal your gut, transform your life. I want to continue to create food and products that people can feel great about, feed their families, feed their kids, um, and then look and not only have this thing taste delicious, but then look at the ingredients, see how clean it is, and then really make that connection about the food on your plate and seeing kind of food as medicine and what it can do for your body and ultimately your life. Let's have a discussion about food as medicine because a lot of times healthy foods are very are a little bit pricier. Mm-hmm. Number one, what is your price point? I, I, I can't remember. We're or, around $7.99. Or, um, and how many servings is that? I mean, one package of chorizo can make four tacos. That's great. Yeah. So you're affordable. That's my like barometer. <laughs> I'm like, how many tacos is this? No, because well, a lot of times, you know, you go to Whole Foods, it's expensive. But then you think about food as medicine and how much you save on the medical side Absolutely. down the road. Look what you were going through with your autoimmune disease. I don't think there's any better investment you can make in yourself yeah. and your health. Yeah. So let's talk about balance and entrepreneurship. Because I know what it's like, especially in the beginning. Um, you're six years in or seven years in. Yeah, seven. Seven years in. Um, and now have a baby and all of that and CEO of your business. What do you do for you? And have you come out, come up with a schedule for you to make have you time, family time, work time? And is there any balance? Yeah. I used to think of trying to find work-life balance. To me, it doesn't exist anymore. I look at it as like work-life integration. And I'm super structured. So every morning I wake up at five. For me, having that, I'm I'm free time five to seven. And so during that time, I wake up, I work out. That's critical for me to be able to like be operating from a place of like sea level at that point. So work out, you know, tons of water. Have What's a your coffee. favorite workout? Um, I have Peloton at home. Yep. So you mean the Tone It Up app? i'm really gonna start incorporating that i didn't get you that (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i'm a big runner used to really be into yoga so i'll sometimes do the yoga classes on peloton but you know it's mostly like a boot camp or a tread work or yeah so your home home workout or yeah yeah Yeah. like i don't have time for the commute so um yeah i get up uh water coffee workout shower and then I'm taking over for the baby. My husband has seven to eight. And then we're fortunate enough to have help. Um, so our, our nanny arrives and then she helps with the baby until five. And then, um, you know, it's, I tell the team from five to seven thirty. it's a very sacred time for me to get to spend with my son. So, um, you know, but like I said, it's really like setting the day up with that workout, with um, the water, I drink chlorophyll water with some trace mineral drops and then having the Sakara lunch. I'm just very regimented. And I think that helps me a lot, like stay afloat. Say coffee. And there's that, you know, discussions of good coffee, bad coffee. Is there a certain kind of coffee that you consume? Yeah, I actually drink decaf coffee because I'm still breastfeeding. But um, I love the ritual of coffee, I think more than anything and like the flavor. 
And I drink a decaf, an organic decaf that goes through the Swiss water process. A lot of deca- decaffeinated coffee is decaffeinated by way of chemicals. And so this one is just pure with water and heat. So I think it's the Aless, I'm going to butch, butcher the name, something from, it's at Whole Foods. Yeah. So yeah. Whole Foods all the way. <laughs> I know. I don't know what I, I, I stopped drinking coffee for a long time. Um, cause it gave me, or I, I was having anxiety when my mom passed away. So, but I'm just getting back into it and I had some coffee this morning and it, it's more of like the ritual, even if I'll pour it and put a little like oat milk in it or something, but I usually take like one sip. It's the ritual. Yeah. I just love to like hold it there. And- it's just one of the best parts <laughs> of that. Those two hours to myself. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Up. Um, so then, um, I, I like that. I, I think structure is so important, especially when you said you tell your, your team between five and seven thirty. I think that's one of the best things to do is communicate. And I started doing that too. Just these are the times I'm not available or saying no, because it is your, it's your life and your schedule. Cause otherwise it can just, you're constant. You. Yeah. 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 And I make it a point. I don't check email between five and 7am. I do not check email. I'm, I have it in my, my phone calendar that I don't check email. <laughs> it says no social, no email, no, like it's called Karina time and yeah. it's from uh, 6 a.m. to 8 mm-hmm. and work out, go meditate and I do my best, but at least it's in my calendar. Yeah, it can creep in. You yeah. Know? And then there's things like if somebody's slacking me or texting me early in the morning, I know it's, it's an emergency. So yeah. 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 Well, okay. So future, let's go back to future of Abbott's Butcher. Yeah. We're um, actually been working for a year on a brand new SKU that we'll be launching with Whole Foods in February. So we're really excited about that and then opening it up to other retailers. So it's going to be an exclusive that we've worked on um, with Whole Foods. Mm, You can't share it though, can you? Not yet, but (laughs) soon. And, you know, it's for us, we might go into other channels. I'm not sure about that, but right now we are really dead focused on expanding the core set. We have four items in the core set. We actually have a fajita chicken too. And introducing this new skew and then consistently being really, really true to those core values and then seeing what do our customers want? How else can we fit into their lives? And if that means it's in another channel, um, if it's shelf stable, if it's frozen, whatever it is, we're just going to bring that same core value set um, to those new products. And what aisle can Abbott's be found in now? We're in the fresh. So um, we're with the tofu, the tempeh, um, we're with the fresh uh, plant proteins. Nice. Good aisle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carrie, what else can we share? Any other tips for entrepreneurs or thoughts about um, or tips on eating healthy guidance? I think it's, you know, a lot of people are a little bit daunted when it comes like, how do I know what's good for me and what's not? And there's a lot of very clever packaging out there that might make a product seem very healthy when it's in actuality, it's loaded with synthetic chemicals and additives. I think it's like take off bite-sized pieces. Maybe first start reading ingredient levels. Then next, okay, what inflammatory oils can I cut out? Cut out vegetable oil, cut out safflower. Safflower is also not good. Um, or and sunflower, um, cottonseed, peanut, soybean oil, things like that. Maybe like start there. Maybe instead of regular sugar, opt for things like date sugar or coconut sugar or maple syrup. 
And then maybe start incorporating some good fermented foods into your diet, kombucha, kefir, natto, kimchi. And then, you know, I think I've seen just the benefits now of, to me, for me personally, of a plant-based diet. It's to the point now where the, um, the, our, my GI doctor, I believe in the importance of medicine, but he also says, you know, it, diet changes are actually critical. And he's now prescribing to a lot of his patients, you know, plant-based diet and the power of food. But really just understanding that food is medicine or it can be your poison. And like, what are you putting into your body every day? That's a good note to end on food as medicine or poison. Go get Abbott's Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Carrie, for coming by. Thanks so really much for having me. Yeah, it was fun talking with you. Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the dot big dot silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you and I will see you next Wednesday. The Big Silence.